Welcome to Dad is Not a Now. My name is Ishmael. I have a great, great guest coming on the show. I have the one and only, the Professor Wiley Eason coming on the show. She is the, a mother first professor and a pioneer when you talk about the black action figures. She is the one who created Sun Man in 1985 and so she came on to the show to talk about why she created it and the future of toys so i hope you guys enjoy this wonderful uh interview uh i have a sponsor i'm gonna let the sponsor take over but enjoy the show peace This episode of Dad is Not a Noun. I want to thank today's sponsor, the Real Dads Network, 11th Annual Real Dads Network Daddy Daughter Dance. When we empower fathers, we strengthen the family. And no better way to represent this than through a daddy daughter dance where traditions are carried on and new traditions begin. Get your tickets fast before it sells out for this amazing Girl Dad Gala, the 11th Annual Daddy Daughter Dance, February 18th, 2023 in Harlem, New York. Go to the website, www.daddydaughterdance11.eventbrite.com. Oh, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them Along with my crown And since the baton was passed I've been down Cause feeling's not an option And dad is not a noun Not at all Welcome to another episode of Dad is Not a Noun My name is Ishmael Street Changing the narrative for men of color fatherhood As well as changing the narrative on the things I care about And today what I care about I have a very special guest with me I call her a pioneer, she's a mother first, a professor, the creator of Sun Man, and also the company Olmec Toys, the one and only Professor Eason. How are you doing and how's your heart? Uh, I, I'm great, Ishmael, and my heart's fine. How, how about you and your heart? My heart is good. My heart is, 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 is open, it's exciting. Um, but the reason why I ask this question, because I'm all about mental health and just as a community to be vulnerable, especially for men. So that's why I posed that first question, how's your heart? Okay. It's in great shape. Thank you for asking. No, no problem at all. But thank you again for coming on the show. Um, when I think about your amazing story, you know, your son, you know, he had the mindset that he, he could never be a superhero like He-Man. And you saw that. And I like using that word, mother's intuition. That mother intuition kicked in. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. So my first question to you is, what does mother intuition mean to you? And when that intuition kicked in, how did that motivate you motivate you to create Sun Man? That's an interesting question. Uh, I think intuition means that, and specifically mothers, is that you're in touch with what's going on around you and you have a perception of also what it means, positive or negative, the implication of what you have witnessed or what you are hearing. 
are what you are seeing. That's, and it, I think, extends beyond that into there's a, a tap-in, I think, from being a mother that we all get ancestrally from the spirit, from God, from wherever we come from, uh, that's kind of embedded in us that if we're listening to it, we can he clearly hear it and see it. So I think that's what intuition means to me, acting on a feeling or listening to it. And that's powerful. And then that when that intuition came into play, like what made you kick into gear to create uh, the action figure and then the company? Well, I think what made it come into play was a bit of fear. Uh, when my son said he couldn't be a superhero because he was black, I thought, oh my God, that's a scary thought. First of all, he's only three years old. Uh, second, we didn't even have a television in the house. So I'm like, where does this imagery and concept seep in at such a very young age? So my first thought was fear. I was frightened by what he said and the implication of what it meant for him going forward. Meaning if, you, if you're three and you shut down imagination in that regard, because it's just fantasy, superheroes, purely fantasy. If I can think I can fly, maybe I can fly. Well, I can pretend I can. So what's that gonna stop you from pretending? And it goes back to that manifesting. If you can't manifest something at such a very young age, if you've already shut down what your color disallows, especially in a creative, imaginative world where there are no barriers to imagination, um, then what does that say about the rest of what you're going to be thinking? And I, so the motivation was fear <laughs> in, in many kinds of ways and uh, a fear of what message had already been put into his head and certainly not by his married mother to a black father in the household. Wow, wow. And it's amazing how you use that fear as your fuel on your journey. And you know, you have to go through many barriers through that journey. But at the end of that result, talk about that moment when your son actually held Sun Man for the first time. What was that moment like for you? Well, it was very exciting for me in order for him to see it. And I don't think I realized the impact it had for him until I went to pick him up at nursery school one day and all the little kids swarmed around me. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And they were all really excited. And I was like, what's going on? And they said, Menelik told us you could get us any toy we want. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I guess he thinks if you say it, it appears. Uh, so I think he realized uh, that's when I realized it meant something to him because he was telling the other kids. So that made me feel very happy. And then also that manifest that manifestation installment to your son. When you when you like when you think it, you can happen. How did the, he apply that? as a, I think like as an adult now in his life? Well, I think being around that kind of, you can think about anything that you wanna do, you can do it, you can um, 
create your own path in life, being around that kind of creativity and innovation. Both his parents were entrepreneurs, so he is now a successful fashion photographer, and that's oh, wow. what he decided he would he wanted to go into, and he self-taught built himself that that career in a competitive environment. So I think uh, belief that whatever he thinks he can do or wants to do, he can do uh, because he saw those kind of um, influences around him and actualities around him. So I think that's the effect that oh, wow. that upbringing had on him. Not to mention, you know, being able to go to toy fairs and be around toys and <laughs> and uh, colors and graphics and designs and products all his life, basically. And and like go into your story a little bit. Um, you know, you have a journalistic background. How did that help you in strategizing in um, in, in that industry? Because, again, you're a journalist. You've never been in the Tory world, but you knew how to research. So how did that apply to your journey to creating Sunman and creating your own business? Well, I think you said the word research. I, I think there were two things that helped me. Um, when you're a journalist, you are basically taught critical thinking because it's what you have to do all the time. Who, what, when, where, how, why, and then so what. So I think it. I had the ability to know how to dig to get answers. So I knew I knew nothing about the toy industry I did know business. I also have an MBA from Harvard. Not that they taught me entrepreneurship, but that education taught me that, well, one of the lessons I learned there was you don't have to know everything. You just have to know what you don't know. And then whatever you don't know, you either go learn it yourself, you go get someone to teach it to you, or you go get someone to do it. That's like my Harvard MBA in a nutshell. So therefore I was not afraid of the unknown because there are ways to solve any kind of unknown that you may have, but you just have to know it. I also got lucky in the fact that my lawyer had a toy client mm. and the toy client was not competing with me. So he basically gave me my, probably a one hour primer and wow. okay, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. So then that set me out on the road to what I needed to do. The additional research that I applied came from not so much in the manufacturing process because it was straightforward once you figured out how to do it, what artwork you needed, et cetera. You put that in place. The other part was understanding the market so mm. that I could therefore explain it to the buyers, meaning the demographics, the amount of money spent in it, uh, where the majority of Blacks are in terms of uh, locations in the country, and our spending habits. And fortunately, back then, as we're talking back in 1985, you could actually get the Census Bureau on the phone. They were my research wow. department. I call them all the time, and they would talk, <laughs> and they would answer questions for me. This was pre-internet. That's well, amazing. So everything was legwork and a lot of on the phone. And maybe because we had to do everything personally, getting introductions to people was easier than perhaps now. Now they need to know who you are. Back then it was like, if you just had an idea, 
getting to people was a lot easier back then. Uh, getting people to talk to you. I was just blessed and fortunate to be able to have a conversation with Dr. Kenneth Clark, who did the Black Doll Study. Uh, I can't imagine it would be 15 layers to get to him today. God rest his soul. Right. He and his wife did the study where they, the black doll, the white doll, and asked yeah. the black kids, which one is smart? Which one is cute? Which one do you want to play with? And they all chose the white doll, yeah. which led to desegregation. But what he taught me was what everyone says now, the key word representation matters, yeah. uh, but not seeing yourself or and or hearing very negative things about who you are makes you not want to be yourself or have anything to do with anybody who looks like you, yep. which is why when I, taking all that into uh, consideration, when I created Sun Man, it was, and I found out this was, I didn't realize this was revolutionary until the last few years, his magical melanin skin. That's what I talked about in 85. Yeah because I also research why is our skin darker and, and what's the you know history behind why and it's the melanin that protects right. us. So that's why he developed our got all his superpowers from his impenetrable skin and that by it being darker, it gave him more powers. So back to your question about being a journalist. I think journalism gave me a deep dive into it's not just a toy. What are all the areas circling around it that I should examine that will then lead to how it should be created? That's a, that's amazing because, again, you were ahead of your time, um, especially being a black woman in that industry. Was there a lot of was there pushback from the industry because you were a black woman and, you know, you didn't have you know, you're we're still learning the toy industry? I, I think there were the pushback from a couple of reasons. One, it probably starts with the fact that I did not have a girl's toy. Mm. I had a buyer tell me people may want their daughters to play with a black doll, <coughs> but they don't care what their sons play with. So the first concept was you're introducing a product category that we're not accustomed to and we are resenting it. And as I explained to someone earlier, I didn't realize it, but girls' toys, nurturing, hair play, um, um, feeding, taking care of all soft issues, if you will, not to be stereotypical. I right. know where we are today. Uh, boys' toys, power, um, dominance, uh, aggression, especially superhero, Win, lose, boys' toys. So therefore, me not understanding it completely, by introducing a powerful black boys' toys, I was upsetting some of these buyers' images of dominance and the importance or, or chipping into possibly some white supremacist notions that they may have had, which I didn't realize I was coming up against. I didn't dig that deeply into the psychology right. of the buyers I was encountering. So I encountered that, that first of all, it was a boy's toy that was a dominant and suppose he beat up the other white toy, that would be a problem. Instead of they're just playing, there's always a winner and a loser. So that 
that I didn't understand that. Secondly, because I didn't know the industry, I didn't know buyers buy in February for December. Right. And I was coming out in June. So I got a lot of rejection from that perspective. Um, there were Shindana Toys, shout out to them from coming out of Watts. They were the first black mass market toy company. So they had success in introducing dolls, but then that company was out of business by the time I came in uh, to business. And there were just a few other toy companies out there. Um, so yes, we were, you know, minuscule in this very big market. Um, and therefore, and also the other thing about the toy industry was it was pretty much an insider's club. Everybody knew everybody. It, it, it was not one of those, hey, welcoming, come on into the fold. It was like, who are you? So you definitely had outsider status the minute you came in, especially without any toy. I hadn't worked for any toy companies. So, right. so yes, my presence Sunman, was seen as disruptive and not necessarily uh, welcome, <laughs> which is why to find a home for it, when I found all of that, I went to beauty shops, barber shops, um, clubs, PTA organizations, uh, post office where people were selling toys, street vendors, bodegas, etc., to then build up the audience and took out a full page ad in Ebony magazine to announce it, which was how we got, you know, awareness because back then, before all the multi-channels, uh, one ad in Ebony reached what eighty percent of all the black media consumption population in America. That is so true. That is so true. And then when those sales start coming in, and like it, it, it took the nation by attention. How did that make you feel proving those doubters wrong? That's all, oh, this is this is gonna be a fad, it's gonna die down, this is nothing, this is not gonna even gonna take off the ground. Like how how did that make you feel when you saw how well it did and it's still doing? Well, good it, validation is always wonderful. Um, that you have an outside proof of what is now known as proof of concept. Um, and proof of concept says there is an audience, which I knew because I had been talking to a lot of other parents, uh, and who doesn't, well, it's sort of like what Black Panther has shown. Oh, there's a Black imaginative market out there that likes to see itself in fantastical, positive ways. We always knew that, but the box office proved that that's something people were willing to pay for. So that's, I think, what, what we proved was, yes, there's a market for black boys' toys, that toys that look like them, that have a positive message that they can relate to. And so, of course, that, that made me feel good that it was accepted. And, and that's the one thing, too, is that being accepted is that you already knew it. The community already knew it. It was just... The rest of the world had to, you were ahead of your time. The, the rest of the world had to come along with you. And 
seeing the the, the impact you, you you've made in the industry, um, especially when you think of a Black Panther, right? And you see girls playing with action figures. Like, what does that make you feel as a black woman? You know, seeing uh, Shuri the character as Black Panther, and you you have a little girl that's playing with a playing with her playing with an action figure of her likeness. Well, I, again, it comes back to positive representation. You have Sherry, who is a, first of all, she's a genius. She's a computer wizard. So she's somebody who has not just powerful physically with, with magical powers and things that she can do. She's also brilliant. So she's positioned as somebody who's very smart. And we would prefer our girls lean toward their mental capabilities rather than just perhaps sexualized uh, <laughs> images that, that they're being bombarded with. So there's, so it, it feels good to see a balance here or, or another method, another way to think of yourself or what you can tell your girl she can be other than, you know, um, somebody who's makes their living in a way that maybe is not as uplifting, let me say. No, I, and I agree with you 100%. And, uh, and, and what, you, what, what you have done, you have uplifted a community back in 85. And I thank you for that. Um, my next question is, you know, we live in this digital age, smartphone and iPads. Uh, children are more engaged with that. Do you feel there's going to be a lack of interest in toys because of this generation that's into uh, smartphones and, and iPads and things like that? No, it was actually kind of a um, issue that Lego faced a few years ago in terms of are kids going to really want to build things when they have so many digital products to deal with? And what they did was they decided they would go with movies are things that kids were related to relating to in a digital way and that they would you know do the super mario they have a line of wakanda toys out right now um but they would tie themselves to um products that were visual and imaginative in the marketplace so i think that is something that is going to be necessary going forward that they are go kids are going to need to be tied to stories that they can see digitally or stories that they can see uh, in videos on YouTube on on TV uh, on cable so that they get the full effect of the character that uh, they are tied to because <clears throat> yes just reading in the comic book but being able to see a character fly has much more impact as again we saw with Black Panther yeah. the, the movie that's so true and my last question uh will there ever were there ever talks about a Sunman cartoon or or movie there are ongoing talks as mm. we speak you know uh about about both you know <laughs> so We'll see what happens. And, you know, some of these talks take a long time, right? <laughs> uh, they take a long time to happen, a lot of discussions. And now that we're out of COVID, 
I think uh, projects that were being discussed prior to that or during that are now up for discussion again. So I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged too. And you could take my money in, uh, in, in pre-advance. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but Professor Eason, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, before we end this wonderful conversation, do you have some words of wisdom you want to give to the audience? Um, whatever's on the top of your head, go for it. Uh, well, Ishmael, first, thank you for inviting me here. And I think when I use the word positive um, and cliche, just do it. If you have a concept out there or you believe that there is a market niche that is not being resolved or you have an idea and you can't find it, it it's like what's that saying is be the change that you want to see. Do the thing that you want to do. Create the product that you want to create and don't worry about the naysayers, but find a way to put your imprint out here in the world regardless of what anybody else thinks about it. So I, I think that's my message. And then what was always presented to me or what I always thought about when I was in the marketplace that when I got so many no's, I always told myself, no doesn't mean no, no means not now. I have to go mm -hmm. back, rework it, think it through again, pitch it again, or change it, but come back. If you believe in something, go for it. That's that's my my words to anybody who's thinking of doing something. That's right. And that's the one thing, too. I believe that I was going to have an opportunity to interview you, and I my dream, my belief came true. Oh. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. Um, how can people find you on social media? Um, uh, how can people... Um, uh, I know people can purchase Sunman if they go to toy stores or anything, but um, how can they find you um, and what's in the future? Okay, most of our postings are on official Sunman on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. So it's official, uh, official Sunman, my own um, name, YLA Eason, is also my Instagram. I don't I don't put a lot of things there, but I, I do sometimes. But official Sunman is where I put most of you know everything that we're talking about are doing. And in the future, we're just talking about lots of other products or projects that are um, more visual, are more in the animation realm, that. Um, in, in all the categories of toys. So that's basically what I'm having a lot of discussions about right now. Awesome. And thank you again. I appreciate your time. Again, this has been an amazing conversation. That is not a now. Follow me on all social media platforms, YouTube, Spotify, all iTunes, and all that good stuff. Again, Professor Eason, I'm calling you Professor as a respect because I know how you've been on a lot of interviews. And, you know, it's, you know, people call you by your first name and your last name, but out of respect to you and your profession, I'm calling you professor. So, Professor, well, thank you, you. Said, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Ishmael. God bless you.
you, yeah, yo There when never it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't No, I'm right alongside you, here but that I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all my message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.